0: Good morning. How we doing? Hey, I like that. Somebody said something back. That's always exciting. We're not all. I just learned a valuable lesson when I was opening my Bible. I got these new little tab things. They're kind of neat. They don't rip your Bible. I okay. Sorry. I don't know where this comes from. My first wedding I ever did. I wish I would have had these. Right. So I had this great idea. It was actually Joshua Rennick's wedding. It was the first wedding I ever. I ever did, and uh, I had this great idea that I would just i, I just open my Bible right to where I needed it, but it was an outdoor wedding, so and it was in Maine, and it was windy, and it was up on top of a hill, and uh, so I got this phenomenal idea of using tape in my Bible to just tape it open to where I needed it, um, and <laughs> it worked until the wind started blowing and the tape had folded on itself like 25 times, grabbing all my pages, so I get to the part in the wedding where I have to speak from the Word, and I can't open my Bible because all of my pages are stuck together. Um, and I end up having to be like, excuse me, and rip a page of my Bible out. Like, just straight up, just rip it in front of everybody. And you just hear people go, oh, no. Like <laughs> It was hilarious. That was my first. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know where that came from. But these tabs, I should put them on the outsides. If you put them in the middle, it doesn't really help you in opening to where that's where that came from. I'm sorry. Let's let's do this thing. Um, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 25. Um, you can go ahead and turn there. We'll get there in a minute. But uh, whoo! Um, if you if you're just back with us, or if you haven't been here in a long time or whatever, welcome to Bethany. That's where you are. Um, if you're going, oops, sorry, it's too awkward to leave right now. Um, you're stuck. Uh, we are in the middle of a series. Second part in a series called um, "What If Jesus Really Meant It." We're examining some scriptures and some things that Jesus said that, um, to be 100% honest, I don't like to read all that often. You know, um, just stuff that will break you down. Last week, um, Tom spoke on uh, denying yourself. Yourself. Picking up your cross daily to die to yourself. It was heavy. It was like the whole gist of the whole thing was it's really not about us. We even sang that this morning. It's really has very little to do with us. And um we fully believe that here, at Bethany. We fully believe that I hate to break it, guys, but it's not really about us. It's not about me, it's not about you. It's not about your children. It's really not. It's about God. It's about the glory that He is and wants to live through us. And that's what last week was about. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was great. Um, I hope it messed you up in a good way. Um, so, um, and, and just a disclaimer: if you haven't been here in a while, if you forgot, or if you're new here, um, our whole goal is to totally wreck you every week. <laughs> you're like awesome. I want to join that. Um, but we believe that's what God has called. His church to be. A church of broken people. A church of people who don't have it all figured out. Who aren't there. Who are able to look at tough teachings of Jesus and go, Man, I don't like these red letters. They scare me. Um, I don't know what to do with those. Um, That's what we do. we, We want When you show up here on Sunday morning, we want you to leave here different than when you came in. Not worse. Maybe broken. Maybe tired maybe joyful, all of those things. We desire that deeply, and I pray that that will be it. Now, before we dive into this text, um, I feel like we, we, we need to pray before we go into it first off. But um, in, in studying this, um, I think God revealed to me that if, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you can pretty much have about three responses to this text or any of the really tough teachings of Jesus. Now, that, that is a blanket statement. I'm sure there can be other responses. But in general terms, there's probably about three responses. The first response to a very tough text is, um man, I, <laughs> I love that in a weird way. I don't really know how to explain it. It's like you read it and it's like, ugh. You know, you kind of get that little, oh no. But it's like, I- I'm-, I'm doing that, I'm partaking in that, I'm with that, and-, and I want more of it. I want more, that's your response, that's the first kind of person. The second kind of person is, is and I-, I think this is where I tend to fall most of the time, is it's like somebody just blindsided me and knocked me out. I'm down for the count, and I'm just like, whoa, I did not see that coming. And I'm left broken, but, but willing, broken but willing. And the third kind is the kind that I'm going to pray against. And, and, and I'm going to stretch you here. Is, um, and, and the Bible speaks on this. You can read on it more on your own. It's the parable of where the seed will fall. Um, but if the word of God falls on your heart, and, and, and this is directed towards believers, and it makes you bitter and angry, <laughs> I've been there. Um, that's a sin. And, and, and that's not okay. When the word of God goes forward, it convicts, it hurts, it does a lot of things, but our response, it can't be like the third person, it can't be no. It can't be a defense, and and the reason I'm telling you this is because when we dive into the text we're in today, your natural inclination is going to be no, because mine was, and if you're anything like me, that'll be you. And so I'm going to pray against that, and I'm going to pray that if you need to have a time right now, I'm going to be, I'm just going to be quiet for a minute, and then I'm going to pray. And what I, what I'm going to ask you to do in this time is to search your heart and to say, "Hey God, if there's anything that's going to block me from hearing your word, if if you're like, man, I hate Matt, or whatever, if it's like, man, I do not like a guy with hair like that, or um, whatever it may be, or if it's just." I haven't been here in a long time. The last church I went to, all I talked about was how bad I was. Well, you're kind of going to get the same of that here. I, I'm sorry, but it's just what the Word of God does. And and so I'm just going to ask you to tear that down before we go in. So that the Word of God may speak into your heart and just mess you up and turn you into everything he desires for you to be. Okay? So I'm going to be quiet for a minute. and that's, that's a funny statement. And let's just search our hearts, then I'll pray. Lord God, we, uh, we ask you to move in us in a way that only you can. God, uh, I, I want to pray specifically for, for any of us, and including myself, that just may have something that has just eaten away at us or, or would put up a wall from what you're trying to speak into our life. God. And God, just deal with our sin right now and just take that away. God, we don't want any barriers from you and your word this morning. God, let the red letters convict, but let them bring joy. God, we know that your desire for us is much greater than anything we could ever want for ourselves. Even if we don't understand how you're going to get there, God. Give us a willingness and an openness, an openness to um, just hear from you. God, I repent of all my sins. I've got way too many, and I, I am so sorry, God. God, just purify me take away anything that may be a hindrance of what I'm going to speak to these people today. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, let's go. So our church, we are technically, if you look at demographically what our church is, we are white, upper middle class. We are actually obnoxiously white at times. Um, we I mean, it just is. It's okay. It's not our fault. It's just what we are. We live in Gunnison. I understand. Okay. We are middle class. Upper middle class would be the overall demographic of our church. Now, here's the wild thing about this. If you fall into the middle class grouping at all, we are in the top one percentile wealthiest people who have ever walked the planet, ever. Middle class in America is in the top one percent wealthiest group that has ever walked this planet. I don't feel too wealthy all the time, but... When I when I think about it, when I when I when I revert back to the time Ari and I spent in Africa, when most people live on a dollar a day, it becomes very um, obvious that well, I guess that is true. So, <laughs> um, what does that mean for us? And don't worry, you're not going to get a tithing message or something like that. That's not where this is going. I know some of you are like, oh no, not that message. It's the end of the year. Oh no, it's not that message at all. Um, so, don't worry. <laughs> But what I think this has done, I I, I have no problem with having money. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying I'm not saying this as as um I'm not getting down on the white American suburban church or 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 the middle class or anything. I'm not saying having money is a bad thing. It's a very good thing. You you work for it, you earn it. Um, take it, drive whatever you want. I don't care. That's not what that's not what I'm after. I just want us to realize who we are. Right? Like just realize that that's what we are. okay? Not in a conviction kind of thing, but, but here's what I think it might have done in, in American evangelical church as a whole in the last like 30 years or so. There's been a chasm between the teachings of Jesus and how we live our lives. There, there is. I, I, I find it in my life. And if you're like sitting there going, no, there is no distance between how Jesus lived and I lived. You should write a lot of books and you'll become very wealthy. Okay, because I, I, I don't understand how you've done it. There is a distance between those two things. And, and, and I have to think, despite my best judgment. Okay, um, despite um, Ari's uh, encouragement in this and. Um, things, I watch television preachers and listen to them on the radio. Not all of them, but I listen to some of them. And I have to be honest that the message that I hear a lot of the time is a message of belief equals wealth, belief equals blessing. Belief equals this. You do this. You send me nine ninety nine, and I'll give you a keychain anointed oil thing that you can drip. I mean, I'm not against oil. I love it. I got one in my back pocket. It's, it's good to go. You know, I'll go in town sprinkling and people think I'm crazy. No, I'm joking. I don't do the oil thing. Let's not start any rumors, please. Um, but, uh, there is a difference between what Jesus teaches and what I tend to see. I don't know if you've had that experience. It's, it's, um, it's, it's this message of, um, I raised my hand, I came forward, I, I, I was baptized, um, and then later you find out you have to tithe, um, and you do these things, and, and then you, you're good to go. I had a parent not too long ago, um, if case you don't know, I'm actually the youth pastor here, I had a parent not too long ago, they're not here so I can make fun of them, huh? um, come to church, um, <laughs> they said, oh man, my kid accepted Christ, and they got baptized, I'm so happy with what you're doing in their life, I'm done. And I was just like, oh what are you serious you're done it's like we have this form of jesus out there that's like do step one through six and at the end you go to heaven okay we see this and this is a problem in the evangelical church it just flat out is because and even if you look at like the creeds of the forefathers of the church like the nicene creed and stuff they tend to focus mainly on things like this on like um I'm not against those creeds, by the way. I believe that they are true and and holy and all that stuff. What those guys did at that time was phenomenal. But they left out a big chunk. They left out Jesus' life. It goes birth and death and resurrection. There's a big part in here that is the teaching of Jesus. There's a big part in here that is Jesus and is what he did. We can't ignore that. We don't go, boom, boom, boom. I'm I'm following Jesus. I'm going to hang out. Then I die and go to heaven. First off, that just sounds like a boring life. And we said it before, that is church as a hobby. That is Jesus as a hobby. And don't waste your time as Jesus with a hobby, please. Like we said two, what was it, two weeks ago, buy a boat. If you want a hobby, buy a boat. They're fun. You can wakeboard behind them. You can do all that kind of stuff. Don't do church as a hobby. Don't do Jesus as a hobby. It calls us to a deep life, a living, a a, a just an infatuation with what he wants. Once. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm going to be on that all day if I don't move. Let's get going. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, Matthew 25, let's read. It's going to be up on the screen in case you forgot your Bible. Which, if you do need a Bible, get one. Um, they're back here. You're not going to bother me if you get up and get one. Or Josh can bring you one. It, it, it's a good thing, keep it. It's a gift from us to you if you don't have one. Bring your Bible to church. It's a good thing to do. Um, statistics show that it, people who bring their Bible to church actually read them. Um, so we encourage that. So bring your Bible to church. It's a good thing. Let's read. Matthew chapter 5, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on the throne in heavenly glory. Stop right there. Hold on. Holy cow. When the Son of Man comes in all of His glory, let's just stop for a second. This is Jesus. This is not aromatherapy, open-toe sandals, um, uh, like sing to your soul, let's all hold hands and light a, light a candle and sing the Coca-Cola theme song, Jesus. This is Jesus on His throne powerful, and mighty, the God that he was from the beginning and is today. Okay? Now, Jesus was 100% man. Let's get that straight. And Jesus was 100% God. He left his throne of glory. We do not have a neutered Jesus. We do not have a neutered gospel of Jesus because he became man. No, 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 no. At his will, he could call upon the angels when he was here, and they would do whatever he wanted at his command. Let's get that straight. So what this is saying is when Jesus comes in glory on his throne, get that picture in your head. Because too many times our picture of Jesus, is it's just wimpy. No wonder our churches are wimpy. If our God's wimpy, we're going to be wimpy, and our churches are going to be wimpy, and that's just not here. Okay, We won't do that. And he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. Let's keep reading. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. OK? Just picture this: Jesus coming down. All the nations. Everybody. I remember I said, we we're ob- obnoxiously white. Um, all the nations. I'm not going to go into this. I, I think we should teach them this sometime. But if you have an issue with somebody of a different race or nationality, you need to deal with that junk. All the nations will be gathered before Jesus Christ. And he will separate them. Let's go to the next verse. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Okay, now now, now, understand this. When Jesus spoke, you know, you hear things like terms like relevance, and we all get freaked out like, oh, no, we're saying words like relevance or things like that. What? what the, the, the goal here is not to make Jesus relevant to you. It is to show you how Jesus is still relevant. Does that make sense? And what he's doing here is he's doing that exactly to these people. Most of these people would understand this analogy. Most of you, I'm assuming, besides the mass, don't have sheep and goats, okay? You guys love goats. I understand it. It's cool and more power to you. You, you get this. You should be teaching on this, not me. But... Uh, most people understood this. When the shepherds would go out, actually they would have, the sheeps and goats would be mixed together. When they'd be out for grazing. And there would be a time when they would get separated. That would be the time for shearing. So people would understand this, right? That this would make sense to them. that The sheeps and goats would be separated. Um, let's keep reading. Verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right. Oh, get this. This is cool. This is the good stuff, okay? We haven't even gotten to the hard stuff yet. This is fun. Um, then the king will say to those on his right, "Come, you who are blessed by my father." Don't you just pray that that's you? Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. It should just like make you just. I, I can't. I can't even describe it. It should just well up within you. And just go, finally. I mean, d- does anybody else ever get that feeling? It's just like, oh, Jesus, just come now. Just Like I'm sitting there looking at my bills and I'm like, oh, Jesus, come today. That'd be great. <laughs> um, you, you ever do that? Like anything like that? Oh, yeah, I've done that. I'm sure we all have. Um, it's just this glorious picture because because right here, I don't know if you realize this, but this is like almost like a synopsis of our Bible. Genesis one and two, when everything was as it should have been, the very end of Revelation, when everything's as it should be again, the throne of God, he comes down on it, right? It's like this sandwich of glory and we are just jacked up in the middle. But but but, but we find hope in that, right? We find hope in the glory that we are just surrounded by. Like, I'm picturing myself like, quarter pounder glory sandwich here, you know, like, right in the middle, like, and if you ever t- take that bun off it, don't look too pretty, don't look like the commercial, does it? Right? That's us. But the, it looks good on top, the bun's alright. Unless, well, unless they put it in the sideways and they get smashed. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about we're just surrounded by glory, right? Let's keep reading. And he says this to them. This is what he's saying to his chosen people, right? For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Next verse. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I actually like the ESV version. It says I was naked. It kind of gives you... Let's not do visuals again. Tom did that last week. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Let's go to the next verse. And here's, here's the gut shot, right? Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Next verse. When did we see a stranger invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? Next verse. And says his verse. When, when did we see you sick or in prison? And go to visit you? Next verse. Don't let that barrier come up. Fight it. I'm, I'm begging you right now. Then the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. We go, oh, that's such a good verse. I'm going to put it on a coffee cup. A t-shirt maybe. should scare you. I don't care what your pastor growing up told you. I don't care what some teacher has told you. This is not a spiritual metaphor for spiritual hunger or thirst. I have looked and I have dug, and this is talking about real people. We have literally taken scripture like this and turned it into something that makes it work for me. Oh, man, I really just need to pray for this, brother, because they're so spiritually thirsty. No, they are thirsty. They need something to drink. I have seen it with my eyes. No, 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 no. They need clothes. No, no, no. They need food. This is not a spiritual metaphor, okay? Let's just let that soak in for a minute and go, okay, this is what the Word of God really says. I've looked everywhere. I've tried to get out of it. Do you think I want to tell you this? This will create seats, okay? These kinds of messages. Doing the tough teachings of Jesus will not grow you a big church fast, okay? It just flat out won't. Wait until a couple weeks when we start the series for men. Ladies, we're gonna need you to love your men through that. I won't go there now. It's not a metaphor. Let's not let's not play that game. Jesus on his throne in glory, he isn't talking about some metaphor for you know, uh, Bible memorization, you know, or, and all that stuff's good. None of it's bad. I'm not knocking that kind of stuff. I'm just saying, he's talking about real people here, folks. Real people that live. They're alive right now. Let's check this out, okay? Um, you don't have to turn here. You can do this any own time. In the book of Exodus, there's this part when God comes... And he says this, he says, he says, I am a jealous God, okay? Now when he says jealous, he's not talking about jealousy, like in the sense of that, uh, Oh, man, I'm so like when you're in high school, like I'm jealous that this girl looked at this guy, you know, not that kind. He's talking about like that heartache, jealousy, like I want to be with you kind of jealousy. I want to be near you kind of jealousy. Uh, I have to be with you. Almost stalker ish kind of jealousy. Um, that's the kind of jealousy God is talking about here. And he says that. But, but what's he jealous for? He's jealous for your worship, right? Right. He's jealous for the for, for your worship, for your love of him. That's what he's jealous for. That's what he wants from you. That's what his deepest desire is for you. Now, check this out. If you want to, um, no, no, you want to go there, Amos chapter five. It's, it's like if, if you're it's still in Matthew, go left um, for a little bit, and you'll get there. Um, it's kind of the older. It's the end of the of the Old Testament where it's found. But I'm gonna have it up on the screens too. Amos chapter five, verse twenty one. This is God speaking to His people. Okay. Again, let's be aware of our walls, all right? Let's pray against that as we, as we read God's word. This is God speaking to his people through his prophet. I hate, I despise your religious feasts. I cannot stand your assemblies. Um, next verse. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Next verse. Away with the noise of your songs, I will not listen to the music of your harps. Can you bring up that first verse Amos again? If you were to really study this and really read for what it says, the I cannot stand... Isn't really accurate. I mean, it is accurate. I'm not saying the Bible is wrong here. It gives you the picture. You get the point. But it's actually more or less saying that it smells really bad to me. I, I hate? That's strong language. I hate, I despise your religious feasts. I cannot stand your assembly. They smell bad to me. Your songs are just noise to me. Just shut up. That's what God's saying to his people. But I'm confused, right? Because what does he say? He says, "Um, I'm jealous for your worship, but these people are worshiping him, right? Is God contradicting himself here? Not at all. What did they do that is so bad? Let's go to Amos chapter 4. Let's go backwards to find out. <laughs> yeah, this will help. This, is, this preaches really well. This is, one of the, I think this is one of the only times, I think, I found three, I think, um, times where, you can do your own study on that, but of where um, God, through his prophet, specifically speaks to the women of Israel. So sorry, ladies, I'm not trying to hammer on you here. But here's what he says. To them. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan. Ouch! Okay, now let's get some. Now, 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 these cows were really infamous for like, they were really lazy. <laughs> and they were huge. They're Like the fattest kind of cow you can get. And they were known for their beauty. It's a Middle Eastern thing. I don't get it either, but whatever. Right? Um, they're known for their beauty. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan on Mount Samaria. You women who oppress the poor and crush the needy. And say to your husband, bring us some drinks. Okay, we're, we're, we're not going to deal with the, the bring us some drinks part um, right now, but um, that's a funny story. But anyway, um, let's look at uh, Amos chapter 5, verse 11. You trample on the poor, and you force, you, you force them to give you grain. Therefore you have built stone mansions. You will not live in them. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you will not drink their wine. This is God speaking to his people, folks. And it's wrecking me. It is. It's tearing me up. Do not want to be in a church where where God hears our songs we sing to him, and it's just like, stop it. You've missed the point. You, you do all the things. You do all the stuff. You bring me offerings. You, you, you do the altar call. You raise your hand. You get dunked. You come up. You kneel down. You do these things. But you know what? You really aren't worshiping me. I told you it's not going to be fun. He's a jealous God and he wants our worship. If you go to James um, chapter 1, verse 27, I'm going to wrap it up here in a second. So what is re- true worship? It says it right here. Many of you know this. Religion that, our, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. Okay, there's not many times that the Bible's like, here's your answer. In this case, it does. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Injustice is not okay. Do you guys see this? That loving these people, giving to these people, helping people, doing this kind of thing, it is an inseparable link to worshiping this God that we claim to follow. We have people in this church who do it. And, and like, I hope you're one of the first two. I really do. We talked about it at the very beginning. Um, I have a friend here. I'm, I'm going to use you, Chris. I hope you don't mind. But he goes and delivers dinner to this guy who um, he shared with me. It's not easy. He, he smells really good, right? You, say, you know, he's telling me that he's like smokes constantly. Um, it's just tough. Have you been blessed at all, Chris? Yeah? Yeah. It's tough, though, isn't it? It's I heard a quote a long time ago, maybe this will stick with you as well as it stuck with me. It said this, that loving people is just not efficient. It's not. Bringing the word of God to people is not efficient. It's not easy. It's not even necessarily fun all the time. Now, my question for you is this. Do do, do you claim Jesus? It's the first part of the question. Do you claim Jesus? I hope you do. If you don't, we got some work to do with you. I'm so glad you're here. Second part of the question is, do you live it? When God speaks to his people and says, Just be quiet. Your songs, they just they're annoying. Somebody's got to say it, and it's coming from the Word of God, but is that you? Is it me? I I, I sure hope not. You know, when when I read this text, when I I read the text, right, um, in in Matthew, it it, it sounds like a list of things, right, that you have to do to be saved, but we know that's not true. We know that works aren't how we are saved, but but, but here's here's what we see. And don't miss this. Don't miss this, please. Um, Just focus here for a second on this, okay? Here's what we see, is that this should just show up in a Christian's life. Did you notice how the people, when they responded, they didn't even know that they were doing it? It should just be there. If you are a follower of Jesus... These things should just be there, right? Another gut shot, right? <laughs> At least it was for me. I, I got a friend here. I'm going to grab a microphone. Come on up, Robert. We're going to wrap up with this, but this is my friend Robert. Um, I just met him recently. I asked him to come and share some of his story real quick, so... Don't be long-winded as me and Tom, but you share your story, man. Take your time. Just hold it up there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've never really talked in front of anybody before, so I'm sorry if I'm a little nervous. But, um, I don't know. Like a couple of weeks ago, I ended up meeting Matt. Um, I was pretty down on my luck, and uh, like basically the whole year 2008 was pretty rough. Uh, I came here kind of as the last. I don't even really know why I came to talk to him or I called someone told me that I needed some help, and this is probably a place I could get it. And uh, I told Matt about what was going on uh, about a month or two ago. I was living in a homeless shelter in Grand Junction, and uh, I wasn't leading quite the best life that I could. And uh, I ended up getting stabbed several times, and it took almost 200 stitches to put me back together. And it almost killed me. And ever since then, I've just been trying to find and pray for... For something good to happen and I went to a bunch of different churches that I talked to and I got looked down a lot by them and it's kind of pushed me away from everything and then like I said I met Matt and uh, I, I get choked up about it because it means a lot what this church has done for me it's really inspired me and it's helping me to bring be closer with God I never felt more comfortable in a church either, cause all the people here are great that I've met, and, uh, but Matt helped me get clothes, look halfway decent, apply for a job, it's been really hard finding a job, but when he has time, and and uh, he puts word out to people, that go to church here and stuff, um, I mean, he's not giving up on me and stuff, and I've been trying really hard, and um, just by him helping me out a little bit, it's really just inspired me to be a better person, and I want to help people out. And I've been working to help my parents out because my parents are both sick and so,
0: per minute. So, just, you know, well, I, I guess what I want to ask you, Robert, is, uh, you know, first off, it really wasn't anything that I, I did. It's this church. This is what you guys are doing, by the way. Do you ever wonder what we do with money at times? This is stuff we do, and you look good today,
1: man. Like I said, I was in Buren Junction at the hospital because my girlfriend was in a car wreck last night. I drove back from the junction this morning. I forgot, uh, got everything but my shoes.
0: So. <laughs> he looks good. Um, Robert, just how do you see your faith going from here? I'm just curious.
1: My faith is... I don't, I don't think I've had... More faith, like no matter how hard things have been, it's kinda still like the burden's been been taken off. I don't know, it's like a weight's been taken off my chest because when things get bad, like I pray now and um, like I told you, I, I, I left the life that I had and I ended up getting beat up for it and I called I called Matt up because I didn't know kind of what to think about it because all the people I gave up were the ones that beat me up and they're only friends that I had. And, just having people in the church, like I know it's not just him. I know there's a lot of people in here right now. That if anyone ever needed to talk, they'd be there. So my faith is really, it's really going up because it's shown that God's really working through people to better lives and stuff. So I'm really grateful and thankful for it all. Cool, man. So, right,
0: thanks, man. Thanks, Robert. Um. Robert the other day called me up you know, the phone call. Do you mind me sharing a little bit of that story? He called me up and he was just like, dude, I, I, I'm trying so hard to leave the old stuff behind. And I, I walked out of Safeway. This is in Gunnison, by the way, folks. And the guys who I'm trying to leave, they jumped him just beat him down. Right here. And, 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 and he, not, I'm not trying to make you feel like you, you got the crap beat out of you. I'm sure you, you're a big man. You can take me. I'm sure. You know, if we had the octagon up here, I'd be like, I wouldn't be in your weight class. I'm sure. You know. Um, but uh, it's where we live, folks. Do we really need to open our eyes that much wider? I worked at Miller furniture for a long time before I worked here, and uh, just break my heart. There would just be, as soon as we'd close, our dumpsters would get raided. Serious. Walk down the dumpsters after closing time around all the restaurants in Gunnison. And you will see people waiting to get food. It's where we live, okay? No, 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 no. Now, nothing wrong with, like, Thanksgiving turkeys and, and bringing people in. I love that stuff. And we need to keep doing it. But there's way too much at stake here, folks. We need to bring the love of Christ to people all the time, year-round. We'll do whatever we can. And, and it's not even necessarily dependent on your financial status. That's the great thing about it. You can just talk to somebody and love them and be like, I don't got much either, man. I just challenge you to do something. Now, the um, band's going to come up. We're going to sing a song to get out of here. And Here's what I want you to do. Um, if you have a cell phone, take it out. If you have one with you. You're not going to get this opportunity very often in church, all right? You just have to freak out like, the bling, and you're just like, come on, really? Um, and then it happens to me and it's my phone. That's always exciting. I want you to do? <laughs> it's okay. That's an okay time right now. What I want you to do? I want you to open your phone. I want you to open your contact list. And I want you to find somebody in there that may be the least of these. I want you to make a commitment. And maybe they're not even least in the sense of like um, uh, how, how their financial status or whatever that looks like. Maybe, maybe they just need some loving from you. And I'm going to challenge you to take your phone and look at that name. Like I said, we don't want you to leave here the same person as when you got here. And when we play, and when we sing here, okay, guess what? Our songs are not going to be an obnoxious noise, okay? Our offerings to God will not just be something that just smells horrible. We will not be okay with that. Because guess what we're going to do? We're going to look at those people's names. We're going to take them down. We're going to... We're going to just pray over them. And if they're not in your phone, you know who they are. And you're going to come up here, and here's what you're going to do. I'm telling you what you're going to do, okay? And, and, and you're going to move, and you're going to be... Feeling God in a way that maybe you haven't in a long time. And and I'm going to challenge you to come up and you're going to leave a name at the altar. And you're not going to leave the name there so that you might just leave it here and it's in God's hands. You're going to leave it over to God so that, guess what? So that he can speak into your life so that you will have the power, the wisdom, the understanding, the love, the patience, the kindness, the joy, all of those things. So that when you leave here today, you are empowered and ready to go change this community. That's what we're going to do. I challenge you. I'm putting it to you. We're not so concerned about your comfort right now, okay? We're concerned with the kingdom of God because it is at hand. Let's not waste this time. Let's do this. Go ahead, guys.